Hi everyone, happy June 1st and a happy Pride Month to those of you who are celebrating. I wanted to mention that Shivers is a completely safe space for all and is incredibly supportive of Pride Month and all things LGBTQ+, and I wanted to let you all know that everyone is welcome here. In honor of Pride Month, I wanted to discuss two horror films that have been heralded as LGBTQ symbols and icons, representing more than one theme of each of these movies. For argument's sake, Rocky Horror Picture Show is certainly number one on the LGBTQ film list with Franken for serving as our original horror drag queen that everyone knows and loves. But we'll be taking this time to discuss movies that are a little bit more directly connected within the true horror genre. So the first movie out of these two is The Nightmare on Elm Street. Many people know about The Nightmare on Elm Street this was one of the very first horror movies ever created back in 1984. The Nightmare on Elm Street centers around our antagonist, Freddy Krueger, a serial child killer from the fictitious town of Springwood, Ohio, who kills his victims with a bladed leather glove that he created in a boiler room where he killed all of these victims. His wife, Loretta, found out about these murders and when confronting Freddy, he strangled her to death in front of his daughter, Catherine, who later told the authorities that he was the child murderer. He's captured, but he's set free on a technicality when it's discovered that the search warrant from the police was not signed for the right place. He's hunted down by a mob made up of the town's vengeful parents and cornered in the boiler room. The mob douses the building with gasoline, sets it on fire by throwing Molotov cocktails, burning him alive. While his body dies, his spirit lives on within the dreams of a group of teenagers living on Elm Street in Springwood, Ohio, who he preys on by entering their dreams and killing them in their dreams. He's fueled by the town's memories and fears of him and thus appears in his most grotesque burnt form to those who see him. Our main protagonist, Nancy Thompson, becomes one of Freddy's targets, but ultimately survives and becomes this film's final girl. She defeats Freddy in this film, but we end the original movie with the revelation that he's still alive somewhere in the ether. Freddy is part of the imagination, and the imagination is larger than life where rules do not apply. As for Freddy's uniform, he can be seen wearing a red and green striped sweater. To many, this is nothing special, but it's actually done on purpose, as red and green are two colors that are statistically most uncomfortable for our eyes to see next to each other making him subconsciously very uneasy to look at. Freddy's the first monster who can talk. Not only does he talk, but he's also self-aware enough to crack some jokes. From a filming perspective, this is all a blend a, of a supernatural movie, a slasher, and a monster film, really marketing itself for fans of all genres. So, to talk about Freddy himself a little bit, he is not a very likable character on paper, being a child murderer, of course, but the broken, innocent final girl is what drives the movie's popularity. As unlikable as Freddy is, however, we can see that he has a huge fan base in today's crowd. You know, people getting Freddy stickers for their cars and even tattoos of him. This is not because of who he is, although those wisecracking jokes can be quite humorous for a movie villain, but rather is because of what he represents. For some, particularly in the LGBTQ plus community, Freddie represents the fear of going against this idyllic suburban crowd. 
the fear of coming out, and just fear in general that sits so deeply within, creeping into dreams, never leaving us alone. Most in the LGBTQ community identify themselves with Nancy after they come out to their families and friends who support them, showing that they ultimately defeat the evil fears of their nightmares. So that's a little bit of a recap on The Nightmare on Elm Street. Certainly a movie worth re-watching if you haven't seen the original in a while. A lot of the remakes and um, extra movies from them, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, not Nightmare Before Christmas, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 1, 2, and 3, a lot of them are more focused on the gore factor and focused on how they can kill different teenagers, get into heads, really focus more on the, the killing side of things and creative side of things. But the original is really where a lot of those psychological strains will come from and those representations for the communities are out there as well. So certainly worth rewatching and certainly worth having a conversation about. Um, so the other movie I wanted to discuss is The Babadook. So a lot of people are huge fans of The Babadook. This movie really took a lot of people by storm. A lot of people who are not even horror fans got into this movie. Um, it was very popular. So it came out in 2014 as a Netflix movie. Um, it centers around a single mother who's really trying her best with a very badly behaved young boy. Her house is falling apart, they're delinquent on their rent, and the psychological toll of all of this can be seen on the mother's face throughout the movie. She's exhausted, she's irritated, she just, to the outsider, really looks like a bad mom. But she has a lot going on, as we see from viewers on the inside. She comes across this pop-up book on her shelf about the Babadook as she's choosing what to read to her son before he goes to bed. As she's reading, it's very evident that this book is not right and has this slow burn scare that really emanates throughout the entire book. The idea behind the Babadook himself is that this creature terrorizes people when they believe that he's real. The more that you deny him, the stronger he gets. The strain of the threat of the Babadook is really seen on the mother as her psyche deteriorates throughout the film and can be seen in the increased intensity of all of her son's freakouts that all stem from the Babadook getting into their heads. While this seems like a very straightforward psychological ghost story, the Babadook himself has become an icon in the LGBTQ plus community initially by simple mistake. When Netflix initially aired this film, they mistakenly marketed it in the LGBTQ section, maybe making people question why this movie was put in this category, but it was there nonetheless. Even after the correction they made, they putting it in the horror movie genre, um, the Babadook can still be seen as this icon, really focusing on the irregular role that he himself takes in a white suburban household and representing the fear of accepting your true self. The more you deny it, the more it lingers. So these are films I really wanted to highlight for our Wicked Wednesday today. I know that this was a little bit of a shorter podcast episode and I apologize for stumbling over my words, just getting over a little bit of a sickness. So I, as always, appreciate you supporting, listening, tuning in. 
Please feel free to leave any recommendations or suggestions in the comments below or any feedback that you have. I truly, truly would appreciate it. It is always welcomed. Uh, you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. I am just as a part of this growing process as you. So I certainly appreciate it. Um, but thank you again for supporting Shivers, supporting myself, and I hope you have an amazing start to your Pride Month. Um, celebrate being yourself, celebrate the summer, and do something fun this month.